This is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Ward, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Hey, Salk, says the 425. I know you were taking strays left and right yesterday, including from me. <laughs> Thanks. But you really do a great job on this show, man. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Where's the dig at the end of it? I was waiting for the sh- other shoe to drop. No, I think they feel sympathy for you. No, I think, you think I, I got that, beat up so badly? Well, partly that. And you're rolling on about 90 minutes of sleep a night. <laughs> you got a newborn and everything else. So <laughs> I think people can sense that. I mean, she's not a newborn. She's well, a pretty dog. Much she no, pretty much she's a newborn. Yeah, she's at home with my parents right now. My dad mm-hmm. is in heaven just uh, hanging out with Gertie at home. Nice. And, uh, yeah, she's fast asleep apparently, snoring away, as French Bulldogs will do. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad somebody brought up the <laughs> Drew, <laughs> Drew Brees mining scam because uh, – Howdy would never, ever oh. let that go. Oh. If Drew Brees' name came oh, up, right? Like a pit bull, man. He just, he would Howdy. not, he would not relent. And Howdy kind of built, you know, like an English bulldog and pit bull. True. You know, if, if those two were bred together, it'd kind of be boy Howdy. Yeah. And he just, yeah, the, the diamonds, the, the mining experiments, <laughs> the selling of it. The uh, rare gemstones. Oh, I mean, Howdy would just get after it every oh, time. So what a perfect way to tell you guys that with all of with everything going on in the NFL over these past few weeks, especially the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey romance. Sure. We had to check in with our long lost TMZ reporter. Right. Scoop Dog. Yeah. And this was also the picture that floated around after the AFC championship. Oh, right. Yeah. This was. Well, we found out that Mac- Patrick Mahomes didn't look yeah, so great. Kind of like a Mac Jones when he won the title of the cigar. And he right. kind of had the. Ugh. So we uh, thought we would bring you a special report on that incident. Patrick Mahomes, dad bod. This is Stu Dizzle, a.k.a. Scoop Dog, here to give you the latest goss on this weekend's game. Patrick Mahomes, a.k.a. Patty McFatty, set the gram on fire with a sloppy selfie that made Swifty say, ick. While Travis Kelsey, a.k.a. Taylor's frat boy accessory, was seen hitting the gym yesterday, Patty Keggs was prepping to replace Will Ferrell in Step Brothers 2. And let's just say he's fitting the role as tightly as Andy Reid in a Dua Lipa skirt. Aww. For the latest goss, you can always find Scoop Dog on TikTok, where the cool kids are. <laughs> wow. Wait, is Howdy body shaming Patrick Mahomes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's exactly what. But only through his alter ego is Scoop Dog. He would never do it himself. No. He called him Patty McFatty. Then he called him Patty Keggs. Patty Keggs is good. That's terrible. That's just not right. Uh, you know I didn't what, know this also, was a thing that you guys did before. I feel like now our Gossip Girl bit kind of we stole from Howdy. I didn't uh, even realize. No, yeah. they were a little bit different. I mean, they had sort of different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Gossip we stole guy. it. Yeah. More, yeah we everything stole in radio it, yeah. is stolen. Let's be very clear. There's nothing right. new under the sun. I know. Yeah. All right. You just kind of make it your own. You shape it with a few different little words. But Patrick should be inspiration to any young aspiring QB. You know what you don't need to be? Body beautiful. You know, you don't need to have a six pack. You know what you don't need to do? Run four four. I mean, Mahomes was like a four seven five guy, and yet you put him on a football field, Salk, mm. and he looks like more athletic than anybody on that defense. And you would never, you, honestly, you would. How does that happen? I just, uh, just a baller, just a just a dude who 
from the time he was little, played and just played. And can I just tell you, youth parents, for about the hundredth time, let your kids play. Do not make a one-dimensional. He played football. He played basketball. He played baseball. He just played, and he plays the game that way. He doesn't play it as a robot. He doesn't is isn't just you know, and he's not sitting there in a gym. And he's not doing what Dwight Freeney did, eating steak and sweet potatoes and squatting 465. He's just, you know, he's a he's a really fluid athlete. And he does do some work. And that documentary spoke to that. But he's not going to sit there and be a 3% body Today, fat Today's guy. not the day for like a long youth sports conversation. But I have been thinking about your about this take. Because I agree with you on in principle. Like, I absolutely agree with the whole, you know, spread out, do a lot of different sports, look at the advantages for all of these guys. I read range. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm with you. So, so let me state that first, that I agree with you. However. I think it's a lot easier to say when you're an elite athlete, when you're one of the best. Because when you're not and you're just, you know, kind of along for the ride. Right where you're just going to enjoy some youth sports, mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, you'll you'll eat, you know, you'll you'll get passed over by the people that are truly great athletes that are six five like you with a rocking arm or whatever. There becomes this pressure, and I, I'm now starting to see it not with my own kids, but with friends, etc. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, the coach says if we don't do this, 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 and this, yeah. we're I not going to be on the team next no, year. No. No, no. So I, I, I get it. If you're Patrick Mahomes and your dad played in, in Major League Baseball as a pitcher mm-hmm. and you were an elite athlete, the football coach will wait for you while you go play baseball. Kind of, but you know where he didn't end up? He didn't end up at Texas. He, didn't, he didn't end up at Ohio State. But he still State. got a D1 scholarship. He did, but I mean, he was like, not a four-star or five-star. I understand. Star. So he, he mm-hmm. had to bet on himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. But his dad was a major league pitcher, and he was a ridiculous athlete. Mm-hmm. And and it's a little easy to bet on yourself when you are Patrick Mahomes. When you have some of those genes. Yeah. Sure. Then sure. when you're just somebody who's like, yeah. I like playing basketball. Yeah, I'd love to also play baseball. But if I do, my basketball coach isn't going to let me on the team. Nope. And, that and I, don't is know, certainly, I don't know how you deal with no, the fact I, that the coach, and I understand. get from that coach's standpoint, yes. hey, I want to win. I don't want you out playing baseball. I want you practicing basketball so you're going to be better for me. Yep. I don't know what the right answer to this is, and I don't know that the day or before, two before the Super Bowl is mm-hmm. the best day to have like a long debate about this. Nope. But I, I keep thinking about your argument and how, how great it is until you run into the real world and it all kind of goes kind up in of, smoke a little bit. Kind of. Look at the two QBs playing in this game on Sunday. Right? Brock Purdy genetically was not gifted with being 6'4 and, you know, rocket arm and all this stuff. He is a short squatty, just absolute same thing, though. He and his brother and his family, his dad was a minor league player, and he just competed and competed and competed and competed and learned to compete and not flinch. And no matter what the circumstances are, is going to go out there. Now, he had to go to Iowa State. That was a nothing burger, one of the worst D1 programs, right? But, Brock, you're still talking about guys that are playing at, you know, a starting quarterback at a D1 school. I'm not talking about them. Okay, are you talking about Josh Allen, who was a, had to go to a junior college, right? There was a one-star recruit out of high school and a small-town guy. Yes, and- that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Josh Allen. <laughs> yes. Josh Allen also has an absolutely elite arm, regardless of, of you know, whatever else he did or whatever other problems he had being noticed, et cetera. Yes. I'm talking about, like, friends of mine. <laughs> not Josh Allen, not Brock Purdy, just friends of mine and their kids who have fun playing baseball. 
mm-hmm. who have fun playing basketball. Who's coach is saying, if you're going to be on this team, yes. you better devote all of your time because you don't have elite genetics. Yes. And you better have a skill set. Yes. Hey, I get it. No, I'm, I and totally I, and, understand and that, why it's gone Honestly, those are the people that I find myself thinking about most because that's obviously who I was. So, yes, there's a there's a lot of sort of. You know. Don't you dare diminish yourself, no, you son I, of a gun. Brock, you were a nose guard, play. you were a strong Stop safety, it. you were a power forward. But I okay? got to play in an era where that was enough, where I could play. If I were growing up now, there's no way I'd be able to play in a team. No chance. I would have absolutely no shot. I'm lettered in football, basketball, and baseball in high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't the world's greatest athletic high school. I understand that. And if I had gone to a bigger you know, powerhouse, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that anyway. But, you know... I, at the very least, would have been one of those sports. Yes. But in my day, it was easy for me to play all three sports. Nobody only did one thing. If I were growing up now, yep. I would either be forced to choose one sport or I yep. would not play. I would basically not have the experience mm-hmm. of playing sports. And I think that stinks. Yeah, but it's not, a bummer. not every kid grows up in a, these bigger towns like right like every kid rag group had to play all sports i guess that's true so it's yes. not really this yes. not justin you're, you're absolutely true. right yep. for yep. folks living you which know which is a lot of the country that's absolutely mm-hmm. true but it's not a lot of the people we're talking to right now yeah and it's not where this debate is going down mm-hmm. that debate's unfortunate or maybe fortunately it's a huge advantage to growing up in libby montana you're right I mean, you also don't mm-hmm. get recognized in those places either so if you're growing here. up here or if you're growing up in Texas and you're growing up in all these Florida, et cetera, like this is yeah. what's being asked yeah. of you. And I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really struggle with this one. And I, I've seen it at the kids' schools, et cetera, and their mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I just, I feel bad. This kid just wants to play sports. They're not going to play in college. Well, is it different in the arts as well? Like, hey, I need you to be all in on this. You can't think go so. do other things. I think it is different. Yeah. You think so? I think so. I don't know. I've seen some friends too. Daughters about you know ballerina. Like it was her whole life. She had to devote everything. Yeah, the ballerina to it. thing. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Big, yeah big stay one. away from a lot, that. A lot of time. It's going to give the Jackson Smith and Jigba answer. Speaking of which, you've got to hear what Jackson said now about his former offensive coordinator. Day two of the strangest story from the Super Bowl. It's next on Brock and Salt. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, something clearly rubbed Jackson Smith and Jigba the wrong way. <laughs> right? I mean, this is now twice he's been asked about last year's offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, the only coordinator he's known in the NFL. And his first answer, he kind of laughed and paused and said good luck with that. So he had an opportunity yesterday. If it was just sort of a, you know, weird answer, he could have changed it. Instead, I would say he threw a little gasoline on the fire. What are the Bears getting in Shane Waldron? First and foremost, you know, just meeting Shane for the first time, great human, um, great person to be around in the building, um, always looking on the bright side, always trying to figure out, you know, how to win, and uh, just just someone, you know, I can respect. Um, definitely uh, looking forward to what he, you know, his journey in Chicago, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, tough without him. Um, but we're looking forward to the future, ready for, you know, what's next for us. All right, that's a pretty standard answer, right? Sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It wasn't like the most full-throated, you're going to love this guy, he's amazing, but okay. Good human. Good human. Well, here's the follow-up. Offensively, what do you like about him as a coach? Offensively, I just like his uh, determination, um, you know, uh, just trying to score, just trying to get that ball in the end zone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lord, uh, I'm... I'm Good luck to Chicago. He's going to be great. He's going to be good. Um, you know, 
sad that he's not in Seattle anymore. I'm like struggling to listen to that, man. That's like some of those rough ones where it's like, how long can you li- how long can you last trying to hear how uncomfortable this is? Yeah. Yeah. Why was it so- what what could have possibly been that bad? You don't like my answer, so you know, and you continue to shoot down my answer. I don't like he your played, answer. He played for Ryan Day. Ryan Day is a general in total command. Mm. This is what we're going to do. This is why I'm calling this. And obviously, he had immense success and was a first-round pick and caught, what, 17 balls in a Rose Bowl? So, I mean, he was good for him. But that, that to me, that's like Lincoln Riley. That is, you know, Mike Holmgren as a play caller was tremendous. It's just like this. There, there's a boldness. There's a presence. There's a leadership. This is what I'm calling. You know, the demeanor is Sean McVay's that way. Kyle Shanahan's that way. Andy Reid in his own way. You know, they're just in total control. And I don't think I ever felt that presence from Shane. And I think to me, that's a little bit of what I hear with Jackson. Now, the guy that's going to join us in a few minutes, about 10, hmm. I think we'll have a pretty strong opinion on this as well. Yeah, G. Scott will be in here. He's uh, got some uh, news after some research he did. So we'll uh, get to that in a few minutes. We're also still trying to figure out who the next coach is going to be offensively for this team. And. You know, we heard a lot about Chip Kelly. Here was Nick Aliotti yesterday on the station with uh, Bump and Stacey. I, I know this. I don't know if he's close to getting the job or what's happening there. You guys are really know better than I am. But I will say this. 100%, I would stamp Chip Kelly as a good OC and a guy that could help the Seahawks moving forward. Here's the one thing about Chip versus who's the other guy, Tanner Engstrand. That, yes. And, and brought this is very surface level. But Chip... And you heard it from Joel Klatt yesterday. The one thing he will do Mm -hmm. is run the ball with success, which sure seems like it would be a fit with what Mike McDonald wants. Tanner, Tanner, the only thing I know about Engstrand is that his job right now is a passing game coordinator. Yes. Here's what I know about Engstrand and looking up his bio is he is connected to the Harbaugh crew. Initially at San Diego as as a grad assistant, and he was there as a Torero for like 13 years. Mm. It's a long time in one place. And then the XFL and Detroit and everything else. But here's the other thing. I can clearly stamp Nick Aliotti. Chip Kelly, I'm sorry, Henry Hasselback does not want to be the head coach at UCLA. Jeez, how about he that? does not want to mess around and head into the Big Ten and be a head coach with all that requires of that position and leadership right now. In so it's football. interesting. He, he'd he be happy. We heard some reports yesterday saying he'd even go be like an offensive coordinator elsewhere in the Big Ten. Oh, weird. Like Bill O'Brien just left but, to be the head coach of BC. Yeah, so maybe he does end up at Ohio State. And, but, and his good buddy, Ryan but why would Bill O'Brien prefer to be at, o, at BC than be the – I mean, like – you telling me BC is a better job than UCLA? No, it's not. Nope. That doesn't make a lot. Like, so I'm, I'm still kind of confused by what these guys all want. Maybe Chip but just doesn't want to be a head no, coach. recruiting to BC, very, very different. Like, you, uh, there's just this pool that you play in for the BC kids. UCLA, you got to recruit relentlessly right. every single day, and I just don't think he wants to do that. Oh, we ran out of time. Yeah, we ran out. We used up that whole bed. Uh, that's okay. Bobby Wagner, unfortunately, was not named the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner this year. It goes instead to Cam Hayward. That's that's Ironhead's kid, right? Yep. I mean, that's cool. I did love he's Ironhead Hayward. He's a great Hayward. dude. Is man. he? Oh, God. So I shouldn't he's be upset as, about this? He's as beloved there as Bobby is here. Okay, fine. Yes. 
Yep. Fine. Yep. It just bums me out. I think Bobby really is the type of person that deserves this award. And if he doesn't win it this year, which mm-hmm. he didn't, I would mm-hmm. sure love to see him win that before it's all said and done. The way he handles community service and really is about engages, it, yeah. engages in it, does it all the right way. I would absolutely love. So what did Spoon finish? Fourth? Fourth in defensive player of the year. Uh, rookie of the year. Rookie defensive player of the year. Fourth. That seemed... Like, what do you make of that? Are you upset? There's definitely some folks that are very angry about this. Are you well, angry? Yeah, I, I, I think banged up a little bit early in the year, banged up kind of late in the year, huge flashes. But, you know, it's a team. Team didn't make the playoffs. Team didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, Will Anderson did. And all three did. all three guys that finished ahead of him made the playoffs. Yep. So there you Probably go. not an accident. Here's the third thing you need to know. Oh, and then the Hall of Fame class announced last night. Julius Peppers, Devin Hester, Dwight Freeney, Andre Johnson, Patrick Willis, and then the two old-timers, Steve McMichael and Randy Gratishar. Um, I, I originally was saying that this kind of makes sense, but when you throw the name Antonio Gates out there, you're probably right. Not that any of these guys don't feel like Hall of Famers. They all do. But I think you're right. An- Antonio Gates over Patrick Willis. I think so. I mean, you're just talking about from uh, changing the landscape of tight ends. Yeah. And Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates, and then to do it for 15 years and the numbers got more touchdowns, passing touchdowns to tight end than anybody who's ever played the game. Maybe Top he didn't have a good person like doing the endorsement? endorsement for him. I mean, he played for a team that isn't even in that city anymore. Maybe that will, was part of the problem. Who will be the first Seahawk? Sounds like Marshawn. I mean, Marshawn's up for next year. Will be the first. Yeah, you know, they'll both have their opportunity. You think he'll be the first Seahawks? You'll be. You think he'll be? He won't be a first ballot Hall of Famer, will Marshawn? Yeah. I put man again. The word is the Hall of Fame. I put Marshawn in the second he's eligible. Yeah. Hall of Fame. He was the dominant running back of his time. He was the most famous guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hall of Fame. I would put Marshawn in right away. That's everything you need to know. Uh, quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Brock, were you asking of the first Seahawk? Wait, of this, of okay. this, of this, era. Era. Okay. of this ilk. Okay. Yeah, obviously okay. Tez and Large, and right, we got sure. others yep. in the Walt. Um, but no, much. of this, of this era, of this era that we watch so closely because they're going to come due. Right, there's going to be more of them, Cam, and then Richard, and you know, there's going to be conversations. I refuse about to acknowledge that. I mean, I'm getting older, and that part is like this. So who's in? Who do you think gets in? Marshawn gets in. If Terrell Davis Hall of Famer, Marshawn Lynch okay. Hall of Famer, period. And Does Richard yeah. Sherman get in? Yeah, Sherman gets in. Does Russell Wilson get in? Remains yeah, to be seen. Yeah, I, I think these last couple years, wherever he's going to end up, what is he, 35, 36? I think he's got a couple years left. He's got to end up at the right spot. And that decision and Mark Rogers and those two are going to try to do all they can to mm. get him to a great team that's going to win games. So he was the winningest quarterback in the history of the league his first 10 years. He and Peyton Manning. Cam get in? I think that's going to be tough. Going to be tough. Just didn't play long enough. Yep, just because of the longevity of it. Does anybody else from from that group get in? Bobby gets in. Bobby gets in. Eventually, yeah. That's Mm -hmm. true. Bobby. Yep. So it's going to end up being Bobby and Marshawn and Sherm? Maybe Russ? I think Russ. Does that feel right? It does. 
It does. I think of Michael Bennett. There's a hall of very good for yeah. a bunch of them. <laughs> Cam is right near the front of that list. I think it's too bad good. because I, I – and Cam and Earl in so many ways felt like they made that whole thing go. Yep. But unfortunately, both careers just sort of cut short. Mm-hmm. The irony being if Russ's career had been sh- cut short, he would be a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame. And yep. unfortunately, what he did in the later stages of his career may end up keeping him out of it when it's all said and done. Interesting. All right. G says he's got some news for us. He's done some research, and he has some news that he would like to share with mm. this group in particular. That will happen next on Brock and Salk. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports. We have a lot to talk about with G. Scott today. What's happening? Good morning, everybody. We've got to talk offense coordinator stuff with you. we got to talk Chip Kelly with you. we got to talk Gino before his big day next week. Mm. But before we do any of that, yes. you told me earlier this week. I did. That you've done some research. Yes. Which Brock does. Brock calls it analytics when he does it. But you've mm-hmm. done some research. Yeah. This is not analytics. No. Although there was some analyzing done. Yes. Is there data? Is there data? There is data. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. are percentages, Brock. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there has been some analysis completed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will let G take it from here. Okay. So first, let's get to it. Real quick, Mar and or Justin, when I come in in the morning times and I see you guys, go ahead and be very transparent. How do I greet you guys when I walk in? What do I say? It's my favorite white people. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds just like that, Tim. You nailed it. So that's what I say. So, Brock, everyone that's listening right now who doesn't know, I shared this with Salk earlier in the week on Monday. Told him to hold it. So I did 23 and me. So I did this 23andMe stuff, and it all started. That's genealogy, because, right? Right, right. You, you, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Brock's laughing. I haven't even said anything uh-huh. yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> the way you introduced this, I totally thought we were talking sports. I'm, I'm very intrigued. Wait. Now. You actually thought I was going to come on and talk sports? That, you was, know, we, that was a huge mistake. We barely do that. When you said you have all these data points and analysis, I was, this was not what I was expecting. <laughs> I do. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Don't you guys like crime shows? Don't you like, like to talk about DNA except when it comes to OJ because he got off? So uh. anyways, here's what happened. My son did the 23andMe. And so when he did the 23andMe, I saw his numbers and I said, uh oh. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh oh. Well, first of all, yes, he's he is my son. When you say, yeah, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I mean, right? I thought we saw that on the Maury Povich show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but 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 y'all, I saw the percentages. Percentages of what? Of his, and I said to myself, self, he's a little whiter than I thought. <laughs> Right? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've ever looked at your child or seen some numbers come back to your child, some data analytics come back to your child, and you said, child, analytics. <laughs> you are a little different than I thought. So I said, mm, I need to do this. <laughs> so I got me a little test kit. Okay. And they won't What you, do you have to give them? Blood? Oh, you got to get you, 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 you to you spit in a little tube. Oh, okay. And you got to get some more. Mm, mm. Yeah, they want a lot. They want a lot of spit. I said, Brock, that's a lot of spit for a man. Context. So anyways, I do it, right? The test comes back. Uh, Salk, I see you 
You're the first one I told. I'm the only one who knows? Yeah. Well, some other people know. Okay. So it comes back for me, and it says 100% results. G, you are 75% sub-Saharan uh, Saharan African. Sub-Saharan. So 56% West African, 20% Nigerian, mm-hmm. and 18 <laughs> quit laughing, 18% <laughs> Sierra Leone. Okay. What's next? So then I'm like, wait a minute. I knew maybe mm-hmm. there might be some sprinkles. Mm-hmm. We all know we've done history. Mm-hmm. It gets to the European part. Yeah. What's next? Yo, Brock. <laughs> Dutch? I am 21%. I know they're all thinking I'm so wide and nerdy. They're just too wide and nerdy. 21%? Matter of fact, I can't wait for my paycheck next Friday because I know it's going to be a little bit more. Oh <laughs> it's going to be about 20%. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I, I already know. I already went to Marin up there at, at HR. Really? I, I got a, it's an automatic pay raise. <laughs> 21%? What? Automatic pay raise. Matter of fact, credit karma hit me up. You have an increase. My credit score went up, y'all. My credit score went up. Oh Before you know it, they're telling you there's more places that you can live. <laughs> so so let's get to it. So you're probably thinking, where, right? Oh, found it out. Your boy, Belfast, Ireland. Really? Oh. Yes. yes. Wow. Northern Ireland. Yes. yes. So let me go. Let me give you guys where it all makes sense now. Okay. So my grandmother yeah. had hair down to her butt. My mom's mom. I've always thought that. So a lot of times when you ask black people, you're like, hey, you got Indian in your family? And I'd always say, yeah, I have Native American. And I just assume because of the way my grandmother, the long hair. Okay. But I never have known anything outside of that when it comes to my mom's mom's side of the family. My mom's dad, sure, no doubt. They from Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth. But my mom's mom, mystery, right? But my uncle, my excuse me, my my great uncle, my mom's yeah. mom's brother okay. is named Galen. Mm. That's your name. That's my name, <laughs> right? We share the same name. Mm-hmm. So I used to always wonder where did he get the name from, right? Well, come to find out, they said that he was named after somebody long ago in the family. The name Galen comes from. Ireland. Wow. Yo, <laughs> your boy. 509 says, gee, I knew we were cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Miss, 206 said, can G golf? No. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So I, I, got, I got online. I ordered some. I, hey, Brock, I ordered yeah. Patagonia. Uh, I ordered all kinds of, you know what I'm saying? North Face. I, yeah. A North Face, Patagonia. Yeah. I'm getting all St. Patrick's equipped. Day going to be a little different for it's you this gonna year? It's going to be a little different this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The boy's going to have, I'm going to be Irished out. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got so for you So which do you think you'll celebrate more, St. Patrick's Day or Juneteenth? What will, which will? I mean, that's the thing, though. Are you going to start uh, maybe uh, crusading to get uh, St. Patrick's Day no, as, a, I, as a holiday No, here, what I'm going to do, no, Juneteenth is going to be celebrated more, okay. no doubt about it. 
about it. You remember 75%. About about four-fifths more. But I'm going to utilize because I have a new privilege. You know what I mean? So I'm going to utilize this. So if I ever have to go get another job and they and I and they go like, you know, mm. you know, put your right. ethnicity on there, you mm-hmm. think to, to get the job, I'm gonna check off the twenty one percent. Irish. No question. Mm. You have you seen the percentages in corporate America? Yeah. Mm. Come on, baby. G G <laughs> when's the trip to Ireland? That's what I just wanna know. I, I wanna go. That's what I'm saying. Northern so, Ireland if we're going to Belfast. So uh, so check this out. Let me tell you how serious he it is. He does look a lot like Rory McIlroy. I was going to yeah. say, I can really I, see that resemblance I, between you and Rory. I would have, if I had to guess any European country, I would have said Ireland. Really? Yeah. I mean, Galen would have been a little bit of a tail. Right. Tale, yeah. But yeah, the stubbornness, the feistiness. So last <laughs> day, yeah. we, we got to have to cover some sports here. I know people are just dying to cover sports. Yes. Um, so your boy's been on this thing. This, so you have an app. And you really get to connect it with family members who you share, right? Now, check this out, y'all. One of my favorite cousins growing up, he is from Memphis, right? Lived in Chicago. He was my favorite cousin. So this is my cousin. This is my cousin. This is my family. One of my favorite cousins growing up, come to find out, this cousin shares 0.29% of DNA. That's how much we share together. Okay. So I'm thinking, crazy, right? Yo, I see this dude that lives in Cypress, Texas. This guy has 0.68% DNA that we share. So more. More than my favorite cousin that I've been telling you about. Right. I go to look at his, I go to look at his picture. Yeah. <laughs> that dude has a hat on <laughs> and some glasses. <laughs> I said, whoa, he don't look like me. Then I zoomed in. I zoomed in and you I said. Have, you have a hat and glasses off. I said, is that, Let me is see that the what picture. I think it is? Let me see the picture. I'm a, I got to show it to you. Hand me this picture. Yeah, I, I, I mean. I got to see this. I will I will uh, be the arbiter here uh, of, of I, what we're seeing. I, I, I will, I, when, I will when tell I saw, the people I, about I, this. I, I, I couldn't believe it. G425 wants to know if you pulled up to work today in a Subaru. Is that true? I mean, I'm going to get one. <laughs> now. Now, now I'm going to go see. ahead and show this in real time. Let me see this. So Brock, can, um, excuse me, so Saul can see it. Mm-hmm. So I'll go ahead and read to the people what you see right there. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and read to the people what you see. That's, his name and stuff. That's my. No, you don't have to read his name. Oh, okay. But that's my cousin. Does He's got glasses like on. He's got a hat on. What's that hat say? <laughs> well, it's not a red hat. It's not right. It's not a it's red not hat. A red hat. Right. But it's a blue hat. And in white lettering, it's got five letters. T R U M P. And this G, this is what we call a white guy. And you know those are Oakleys. You know he's wearing Oakleys right there. Right there. Gee, that's what you call a white guy. That's your cousin. Ooh, you share 0.68. I can't wait for Thanksgiving dinner with you and that guy. You guys are going to have a blast. Look, for, He's so, going to be so excited that so, you guys are related. So for Thanksgiving, I am going to have green bean casserole yep. this year. You know what I mean? Yep. 
I'm going to. So I can't read some of these texts, but there's a lot of very, very funny texts on here. Many of which I am not going to read. But, right. gee, welcome. We're happy to have you. So this could be instead of your old music. We'll, we'll maybe switch or to that. Or you could play some Lumineers. I mean, play some Irish. You <laughs> too, true. right? Oh, yeah. yeah, the Cranberries, yes, maybe. Yeah, there's a lot. Is he of, doing this, by the way? Did he just do this because he doesn't want to talk about Jackson? Did he, did he just? And I appreciate that. Probably. I had no idea that's where any of this conversation was going to go. Mm. I gee, what's what's, what's what going you, on? What, with, you, what, what is going on with Jackson? Why why does he hate Shane Waldron? No, he doesn't. Well, oh, he geez. clearly doesn't like didn't like working gee. with him. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Gee. What are we talking about? I'm, okay, I'm right now asking. What are you talking about? Did, did have he, you did, not heard the sound this way? No, I haven't. Did you he? You haven't say, heard either did, sound this did way? Did he yeah, say? Either. Did he say he hates him? No. Okay. What are the Bears getting in Shane Waldron? First and foremost, you know, just meeting Shane for the first time. Great human. Um, great person to be around in the building um always looking on the bright side always trying to figure out you know how to win and uh just just someone you know i can respect um definitely uh looking forward to what he you know his journey in chicago um you know it's going to be you know tough without him um but we're looking forward to the future ready for you know what's next for us so yeah you're right he definitely said a lot of nice things there Unfortunately, they, he was asked a follow-up question. Offensively, what do you like about him as a coach? Offensively, I just like his uh, determination, um, you know, of uh, just trying to score, just trying to get that ball in the end zone. Uh, <laughs> Lord, uh, I'm, I'm good luck to Chicago. He's going to be great. He's going to be good. Um, you know. Gee, that's twice in two days. His answer was good luck in two Chicago. Good luck to the folks there who now have this guy coming in whose biggest and best quality is his determination to score. Jackson Smith and Jigba talking about Shane Waldron is no different than sometimes people at work talk about their ex-coworker. Great. Wish him all the best. He's a competitor. What is he supposed to say? I, I want Shane Waldron to go win a Super Bowl? He, he wants him to say, I want Shane Waldron to go there and turn Chicago around and let them be the top team in the NFC. He's going to be competing. He, he could say some of the same things we just heard out of the Ravens locker room, which were all about, hey, Mike McDonald is this and he that. Said he, he, was was great. Great he, he said sure he was a great human. He said he was. And isn't that a good compliment? It's a very not, nice compliment. Not many people will say that I'm a great human. There's a lot of people that's like 20% more people. But it feels a little like when you're trying to set someone up with someone and they're like, are they good looking? And they're like, they have a great personality. They're asking about football. And he's like, he's right. a great person. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what you're saying. Yes. Thank you. Nah, come on, man. You guys in this sports radio stuff. Why, why yeah. are he and Olave laughing so hard there? I don't know. Oh, yeah. It could it's be like, anything. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Justin Amore. You just got, saw just, 23 hey, and hey, me, and they were yeah. just chuckling about yeah. it. Justin Amore, yeah. you got to pull up the sound from the day before. Because yeah, that was oh, poor G hasn't heard any of this. Oh, gee, gee, that, that, that was the second. That <laughs> was the second it. time around. Oh. He's playing. He's playing at a, a golf tourney, and he gets multiple shots at the green. This was, that was day two. Yeah, G it didn't was, have time to listen to this, Brock. He was too busy breaking the news that Kanan Smith and Jigbo was coming to Seattle to play for the All Mariners. Right, this was the so first. there's no way he could have heard the sound of Jackson Smith and Jigba oh. torching his old <laughs> offensive coordinator. <laughs> Bears fans are super interested about the offensive coordinator coming in, Shane Waldron. What can you tell them about who they just hired to, to uh, try to get this offense where it needs to go? Um, 
Uh, oh. this, is, this is live? Yeah. <laughs> We're not live. We're well, not man. Uh, <laughs> uh, good luck to y'all. I mean, he's a, he's a great person, great <laughs> offensive coordinator. I was very lucky to have him. Come on, man. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you yeah. to explain why Jackson Smith and Jigba had no interest in talking about Shane Waldron's ability to call plays or design an offense. Mm. But I will ask you this unrelated question. Yes. Do you think that if Pete Carroll had been retained as the Seahawks head coach, mm-hmm. that at least one, if not both of the coordinators would have been gone by the time the next year started? I think both would have been gone. Mm-hmm. I think I think if Pete Carroll would have been retained as a coach, I think that <clears throat> first of all, I, I I don't I don't really know Shane Waldron, but I have a huge great relationship and respect with Clint Hurt, and um, I'll, I'll I'll say this, and even I think Clint Hurt would say this: you can't go the year before ranked thirtieth against a run, and then come back the next year and be ranked thirty first yep. against a run. So even Clint Hurt would probably say, yeah, I would understand. So that's number one. Number two, I think on the offensive side of things, I think that um, we all know, everybody, you don't have to be an expert to see, hey, for some reason this offense isn't clicking, and one of the na- main reasons it wasn't clicking, we could sit here and blame a play caller, we could blame Gino. All, there's all types of blame that could go around. The number one reason why that offense was not good this season was because of the lack of the run game. The run game not being well and being, you guys know, we've been watching these Seahawks for the last 14 mm-hmm. seasons. The one thing that you can always count on is a run game, and it wasn't there this season. Yeah, you know, Joel Clant yesterday talked about that. So can, and, and hold, on, hold on, let me just ask you one quick follow-up. Yeah. Do you think it's possible yes. that your answer to that question mm. is in any way related to Jackson's answers on consecutive days when asked about Shane Waldron? I don't know. I'm not really good at this radio stuff. Okay, I just so. check. I just want. I just want to ask, right. just to be, you know, do my job here. Yeah. Follow up. Thank For you. For as much as we have bragged about the culture and everything in place in Seattle, and from a human being standpoint, I would agree. I think there's a lot of great human beings. They're pretty selfless and ego at the door, and there wasn't backstabbing. There's no leaky messages. No other noise ever comes out of there, right? Yeah. A lot of things are buttoned up, but philosophically. If you just look at the football the last couple of years, it was a mess. You know, when Joel Klatt says, hey, man, you know, what kind of coordinator do you want to hire? Well, it's somebody that's going to have to be paired with Mike McDonald in his philosophy. Yeah. In his philosophy to play great defense and play the line of scrimmage and chase edges and everything that he talked about. And he'll do a whole bunch more with Salk and I at 930 on Monday. Yeah. Like, just philosophically, it just didn't work. There was not a circle of toughness on this football team. Yeah. And, and, and oh, by the way. And I said this to Salk, and he he poo-pooed it. He didn't like my thoughts about having command and being a general and the great coordinators. And look what he came from at Ohio State. Ryan Day's chest is out. He is bold. He, he This is what we are. This is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to call. And Shane, personality-wise, is just not wired that way. No, um, it, it's not. I I think that, uh, and I, I don't I don't know this. This is like a bird's eye opinion, right? <laughs> I think that if Pete Carroll were the same Pete Carroll that he was years back, where I think that Pete Carroll was just like playing no games. Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll was cut here, cut here, fired there. No, no, no games played. Mm -hmm. And and, and sometimes whether, and I want to, I always like to relate 
things for football because I think football is just like life. So that's the reason why I'm always coming with these analogies. In life, even if you're a boss, sometimes hiring your friends, sometimes allowing people to kind of get away with things because you love them, because they're cool, can sometimes backfire mm -hmm. on you. Right. Mm -hmm. You mean business. You want business. You're like, hey, friend. Hey, when it's time for business, we need to get busy. But sometimes you might have hired maybe too many friends. And then some point there's a lot of different people that are around that cool here, cool here, cool yeah. here, cool there. And then at the very end, you end up hurt because you were trying to be cool. Mm -hmm. And so. Back to your question about the coordinators. No, I don't think they would. If if he, Pete would have stayed, I don't think those coordinators would have. As a matter of fact, I think there would have been some coaching changes yeah. for real. Some massive coaching change. Yeah, but 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 sometimes it can be too late. Yeah. Yeah. It does does sort of feel that way. Let me ask you one last question that sort of comes out of this. What do you got? And that is, do you think that because we're starting to see some of these things bubble up? and bubble out over the course of this year. And generally, we don't get everything. You think things were worse than we know? And I'm not asking, I don't mean, are you reporting that things are worse than maybe we knew? Mm -hmm. But just based on what we got, a little bit from DK, and a little bit from Jamal, and regardless of how you take this Jackson Smith and Jigba thing, I'm going to take it to mean that at least something weird was going on with the offense and the coordinating. Was this year maybe a little bit more chaotic inside that building than we realized from the outside? I don't really – I don't have an answer to what's going on inside the building, but I do have an answer to what we all saw for ourselves. Everyone watching, listening, you saw this. What was uncharacteristic and what happened, and one of the things that I always point to, and off the air – okay, I'll share this. Off the air, I told you all something. I came in and I told you that the Jamal Adams situation reminds me of 2009 situation. And during that time, Jim Moore was the head coach. And during that time, one time, Deion Branch, Dirty, um, uh, TJ Hushmanzada, those guys took to the airwaves mm -hmm. and got on radio and started to basically talk down on the fans. I had not seen that moment until I felt the Jamal Adams yeah. not showing up, saying what he wanted to say. And I was thinking, like KJ has taught you guys, rule number one is to protect the team. When I saw Jamal Adams not protecting the team, yeah. I connected yeah. that and I thought, yeah. so that's interesting because it feels like now the only guy talking down to the fans is Sherm. So it's weird how all of that would have gone that way. All right. G, thank you. Uh, appreciate your stuff. We are so excited to welcome you uh, to the club. Before, before we R go, R.I.P. Alex Brock, Collins. Brock, Salk. can you dance, please, for oh, me? Man. Can you? Irish friend, G. Brock, I've been knowing you for years. You ain't never invited me to dinner at your house. <laughs> now, can you invite me? Yes. <laughs> now, now, now you're allowed. We'll have some blood sausage, <laughs> shepherd's pie. All right. Woo! You like shepherd's pie? I do now. <laughs> All right, I'm getting ready to go. Just so you guys know, Justin, your boy has. Got a swimming at 1 o'clock today. Oh, my gosh. See you guys. <laughs> it's a big day. We'll be right back with Kurt Warner. There's two Kurt Warners. Is it the eight? You know what? I'm not going to go there. It's Brock and Salk. We'll be right back on Seattle Sports.